Um, I apologise in advance. I open mine for my wife. I'm so chivalrous in Jesus' name. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's unlock some, some stuff. How is everyone? Good? We'll change mics if I can find the other one. All right. That's better. For those that don't know me too well, having an Italian background, I speak better when I've got both hands available. So thus, put the other mic down. Thank you. <laughs> um, last week, I, well, the last couple of weeks, but last week I, I talked about being planted in his house, um, but not just being planted, that if we were going to be planted in the house of God, the word says that we're going to flourish like a palm tree. And so we love the idea of flourishing, but for many of us, we really don't know what a palm tree is like. So we looked at that last week. I had a lot of fun with that because there's some, just some wonderful attributes of a palm tree that you and I, as his children, can claim, you know? Like just some wonderful stuff. I, even jokingly, I said last week, no matter what comes at a palm tree, no matter how strong the, the winds and the hurricanes are, a palm tree is created in such a way that it can bend all the way down and do what many of us can't and just touch its toes. Most other trees would snap, but a palm tree doesn't. And you and I flourish like a palm tree. So there's confidence when we actually unpack the Word of God and find out a little bit, you know. I loved the example last week that the way that a palm tree is created on the, inter, on the inside, it's not just timber like a normal tree, it's, it's all intertwined and interwoven. So if you put a band around it when it's young, most trees, like the rose bushes that I, I choked to death, you know, just grow over that band. But a palm tree is different. It actually breaks and snaps that band. There's no chain that can hold us. Because if we're actually going to flourish like a palm tree, those, those attributes are promises that we can claim for our own lives. No matter what comes and tries to suffocate us, as we continue to grow in Him, it actually just breaks. Yeah? So I, I love that idea. I love that thought. That's us. That's what we can experience the word tells us when we're planted in him and planted in his house. Yeah? Planted in him and planted in his house. It's only in the place, in that place. Let me move some stuff. I, I have to walk. It's where I get my, my steps up. You know? I'd, it's true. If you ring me during the day, um, most people that ring me know this. I, I just walk around the auditorium. So by the end of the day, I may have done two or 3,000 steps just from coming to the church building. Isn't that exciting? Because I wouldn't do that at home. Um, but anyway, <laughs> one of the things about a palm tree and being planted and that I shared last week, and this is one of my, main, my main point that I want to drive home today, is that a palm tree actually sets its main root straight down into the ground, in the desert, wherever it's planted, to, to get its life source. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a vertical picture of us. So you and I as Christians, we need to plant ourselves and allow our, our roots to go down yeah, and discover all the nutrients that God has for us. But the other thing about a palm tree, it sends a handful of roots. Its main root goes down for its life source, but it sends a handful of roots out horizontally left and right because it keeps it upright. It keeps it straight. Without that, it could grow like this. 
for you and I, as we tap into God, as we're planted in his house, as we draw from him and grow in him, the only way for you and I to keep an upright walk is to have roots that go out and start to love one another. Yeah, It's the whole picture of the cross. We've got our vertical love with God, but we've got this horizontal love to people. And it's that loving of one another that actually keeps us upright and straight in our walk. That, for me, is one of the best pictures yeah, of a palm tree for us to grab hold of. You know, it's, it's actually, I've written here, it's a good picture. It's a, a really good picture, especially at the beginning of the year. It's an attractive picture to know that you and I can have these attributes of a palm tree. It's desirable. When you hear the promises of God, who desires them? Actually, let me ask a better question. When you hear the promises of God, how many of you sit there and go, no, nah, not for me? None of you, yeah? They're desirable. They are actually desirable. And, and the key word for today, for us, as we step into this new year, it's, and it's a different year. You know, every year there's a word. Mel and I often pray and get a word, a feeling, a sense of where, where God wants to hang around for the year. And this year, not so much, but there is a sense of fresh and new coming out of 2020 the way that it was. I don't think church... I don't think family, I don't think it should look like it looked. I think it can improve. I think it can be better. I think God wants to shift stuff, do some new stuff, yeah? yeah? So here we have these palm trees that are, you know, pretty desirable. You know, if you look at all of their attributes, everything about it. And the last picture that I shared about the roots going out this way talks about God's love. David Wagner um, a prophetic friend of Stairway and many other churches, actually said once, the next move of God will begin with love and end with love. Begin with love and end with love. And I believe if we're truly planted in his house, truly planted, what, I've, what I think I've learned is that a person who's fully planted in the house of God in him is full of love. Yeah. Two weeks ago we were talking about one anothering one another, yeah? all the one another's. But one of the, main, one of the main ones for me is, it, obviously it kicks off with love one another, but it's this idea of accepting one another so that we can restore one another. Yeah, We love, we accept, and then in that, people are restored to their full and true identity, sons and daughters of God. What often happens is people aren't accepting. So people don't experience the love. And if you're not accepting one another, you never get to a place where you can restore one another. And I think the breakdown in the church has happened over the years where they've just not been accepting, so they're not able to properly love. And you're not being able to love. God's unable to restore. But we've got this picture of a palm tree that says if your roots are deep in him, it's inevitable that they're going to go out to love one another, to accept one another, to restore one another. So if we're planted, we're full of love, we'll flourish like a palm tree, we'll be as beautiful and as precious as the cedars of Lebanon. And You know what I discovered last week? I love this because I, I turned 50 last year and I discovered last week that apparently, now I haven't done research, I was only told, and I'm taking this on face value, that apparently the cedars of Lebanon don't begin to flower until they're at least 50 years old. Yeah? Did you know that? I didn't know that. So let me, let me share this. Your time's not done. 
It's not over yet, yeah? Man, we, we have a future in Him where we will flower even when we think that it's, you know, wilting. <laughs> it's only just begun. So when we're planted, it means that we're going to be attractive to the people that are around us. I believe that. I believe that in looking at the life of Jesus, people loved him. They wanted to be with him. And he wasn't easy on sin, you know. Um, the stuff that separates you from having a relationship with God, yeah. He wasn't easy on that, yet people wanted to be with him. You know, he was always encouraging. He was always a life giver. He was always one another, one anothering, one another, you know, always. And the Bible actually says that Jesus is the desire of the nations, yeah? Haggai chapter 2, verse 7 and 9 says, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. The desire of all nations shall come. That's Jesus. He's the desire of all nations. Do you ever have a conversation with someone and you're trying to share with them the love of God and you come away totally dumbfounded that they don't want him? You think... I don't think you're understanding me. Oh, no, no, I understand. You know, I don't need that crutch. It's like, you know, you don't get it. You don't get it. If you could only understand how much he loves you, his desire for you, how reckless his love is for you, you actually, you don't have a choice. You can't help but love him back when you fully understand that. He's my lifelong desire. He is the desire of nations. You know, even... I won't read the scripture, but in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John are going to the, the temple and they have the beggar asking for money, and they go, silver and gold have I none. They're not even carrying what the world would say is valuable or desirable, you know? But, and then they say to this, this beggar, but what we do have, we're going to give to you. And the first person they encounter actually receives Jesus and is healed, and it starts a movement where people go, I want that. Man, I want a little bit of that. If, if that guy can come into your life and all of a sudden you're walking right, man, I want that. And people start to desire Jesus, the desire of the nations. And here you and I are, and apparently they say that we together are the body of Christ. So if people then wanted all of Jesus, then I figure that they probably should want us as well. Just a thought. You know, when, when he says in Haggai that, you know, he, the, the, the desire of all the nations is coming and I'll fill this house with glory, what he's saying is, don't worry if you miss out on the jewels. Don't worry if you miss out on the gold. Don't worry if you don't have the big bucks. Don't worry about that stuff. Whatever you thought the glory of God was, Old Testament, whatever you thought that was, scrap that. Okay? Don't even worry about that because what's coming, the glory of the second temple, it's not the way it's constructed. Even though you've built it beautifully and you're worried that it's not as beautiful as the first one, it's not about the beauty of the temple. It's about the desire of the nations. Jesus is coming to fill this 
temple with his presence. And that's what people want. Yeah? They don't want the high steeple. You know, we talk about always renovating this place and painting this and getting rid of the pine from the 1970 camp. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff. We always talk about that, but it's not that stuff that people desire. It's his presence. Yeah? That's why you can sit on peach seats and be happy and experience God. Yeah? One day they won't be peach in Jesus' name. Amen? Because it's his presence. People want him, more of him, the presence of our Messiah. And so they should want more of us. You know, people wanted to spend time with him. They followed him. They crossed lakes. They went to other towns. They were prepared to go without food and drink. Are you prepared to go without food and drink to spend time with uh, one of the body of Christ? Are people prepared to spend time with you and skip their lunch or their dinner because there's something on you, in you, that's desirable? Me included, yeah? You know, he was, Jesus was, was, was planted, rooted in the Father's house and he always loved people. He was vertically connected. He gave horizontally. You know, I love the fact that even the worst of the unbelievers, the drunks, the cheats, the adulterers, the thieves, they all wanted to hang out with him. Yeah? I loved it because it caused the religious to say, look who he's hanging out with. I'm just posing questions, yeah? This is not criticism. As my good friend Peter McHugh would say, this is commentary for all of us. Do people look at us and say, oh, look who he's hanging out with. I wonder what they're up to because... Those that are unbelieving and are caught in a life that separates them from God wants a little bit of what we've got. Yeah? Come on. Isn't that what we want? Not because we've got cash falling out of our pockets. Though if you did, I'd probably hang out with you. But only because I know that you could buy me a coffee, that's all. Or a coffee machine for home. No, just, I've, got, I've, got, I've got one. I don't need one. Okay, I'm just like... We'll just keep moving on before I dig a bigger hole. You know, they wanted to be with Jesus. You know, and I, and I think this is why this particular passage in, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, I think it, it actually connects it all. Because in John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. Don't just be rooted here. Love one another as I've loved you. Yeah. Put, put your roots out this way and start to love the people that are around you. And if you can actually do that, you're actually going to be like Jesus and be the desire of the nations. I mean, that I love. You know, people often look at the big mega churches and they go, you know, wow, look at that. You know, why do people flock to those places? Maybe, just maybe, there's a man or woman of God that is so Christ-like that a family or two families or three families just want to be where they are. Yeah? Because they're emanating Jesus and being part of the body of Christ, they become part of who is the desire of the nations. Yeah? I love that thought. I mean, I love, love the thought where each and every one of us, as days and weeks and months and years go on, that all of a sudden, you know, one of you, some of you end up with not quite a cult following, but people that are coming from your workplace and from your schools and from, you know, your families because... The life that you live, man, I just, I want to be around you. When I'm around you, I'm blessed. I'm encouraged. When I'm around you, I, I feel like a better person. So I'm going to hang out with you. Ding dong. 
Well, who's that at the front door? We weren't, we, were, we weren't expecting anyone. Oh, hi, we just thought we'd visit. And you go, yeah, sure, come in. And as they walk in, you're like, <sighs> but they come in because they just want to be with you. Yeah? Jesus was so tired sometimes because of people wanting to be with him that he had to escape. So if that happens to you, praise God that you are tired and you have to keep your eyes open with toothpicks. Amen? You know, are we doing it right as a church, the body of Christ? Are we doing it right? I, I don't know if we are. It's, it, it, there's no answer for it because some churches grow, some don't. But I think we need to be a people that cultivate the presence of God. That's the desire of the nations that people want to be in, be with. Again, you know, that David Wagner quotes as the next move of God will begin with love and end with love. Peter McHugh actually shares that Jesus himself, God wants to reach our nation, but he wants to do it through love. Not through anything else, not through theology, not through the right and wrong and tick boxes, but through love. Wants to do it through love. And in that, when people are loved and accepted, God can restore. Amen? I love the fact that, for me, a lot of this hinges on, the, on, on this, this sense. And, and, and it's not heresy. But I believe that God's heart is for us, his children first, then the lost. Because God sends us to reach the lost. Are you with me? If somebody wants to eat an egg that's boiled, they first need a chicken. We're not getting into what came first, okay? But the point is that without us, by God's choice, he doesn't reach the lost. He uses us to go out. I know that he loves the lost. I know that he loves the one. We know that. If you've got a jigsaw puzzle, it could be five or 10,000 pieces and you've worked months on it and there's one piece missing, the only thing you're focused on is finding that one piece. I know that, yeah? But unless he uses your hands to put that jigsaw together, you'll never find that one piece. His love for us, he, he has this imminent, reckless love for his children, but it starts with a choice on our side. Will we actually choose to be planted in him? Will we choose to be planted in a house, yeah? I firmly believe that each and every believer needs to be planted in a house somewhere, yeah? I don't believe in church hopping. I believe we have seasons in different, different locations as God leads us to grow us. Sometimes you've got to change the soil where your flowers are planted because the nutrients are gone and it needs more fertilizer or it needs more sun or it needs more water. So you, sometimes you actually have to dig it up and plant it elsewhere. God will do that with us, yeah? But you've got to start by being planted. And once you're planted there in that place, then we can actually send our roots down. And once we're upright, then we can start loving on other people that are around us. Because his love starts, it starts with him in us and then it ends with him through us. Yeah? I, I, love, I love this. I'll try to explain, explain this. James 1, 2 and 4 says, Consider it pure joy, pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Consider it pure joy. One, choice. First Peter 1, 3-7. Praise be to the God, of, uh, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. I'm going to jump to verse 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. We've got to greatly rejoice even though we're going to suffer trials. Thank you for those words, God. John 16, 31, 33. Do you believe? Jesus replied, a time is coming and, he, and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Thank you again for reaffirming the fact that in this world that we're going, we're going to have some trouble. The word trouble here is actually a really bad translation. It, 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 from the Greek, it, it actually means more like tribulation than trouble. Tri and tribulation, the reason I want to focus on that is it, it's the Greek word thlipsis. It sounds like a new ice cream. Can I get a Peter thlipsis, please? Thank you. Thlipsis. And, and, and it also, that particular word, though it means persecution, affliction, distress, tribulation, it also means pressure. What constricts or rubs together like, like hemming someone in, Yeah. Now, we already know that if you're hemmed in like a palm tree, you actually break that You break that as a palm tree. But now we're talking about a constriction that rubs together. It's a hemming someone in. This tribulation is actually an internal pressure. Yeah? An internal pressure. So I'll keep running. Go with me here, right? So when you and I are going through tribulation, it's not the outward circumstance that's the issue. It's not the outward circumstance that's the problem. The real problem is what's going on inside of us because that's going to determine the way that you and I react and that will determine whether you and I will be attractive to those that are around us. A bill comes home or you go across the road, you've just bought this beautiful pie, you've stepped out of the bakery, and some yahoo that's in a hurry walks past it and knocks it out of your hand and it splats everywhere. And because you're a good Christian, you go, oh, look, don't worry about that. You pick it up, put it in the bin and you go on your way. Or do you have a moment? Because now it's not the external, it's what's happening on the inside. I cannot believe the stupidity of that person. That No one's ever had that well up inside them, have they? It's just me. It's the Italian blood, isn't it? Right? Could you believe what he... I can't... You, got, you owe me seven bucks, buddy. Come back. Where's his car? I'm going to scratch it. Now, I know that's an extreme. Right? But it's what's happening on the inside. So you... You have a, 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 and Mel pulls me up on this at home. We might have a moment where there's some tension, and the way that I react, she, Mel will say to me, I'm not speaking to you while you're angry. And I'm like, I'm not angry. She goes, I can tell you're angry. It's your tone. So there's something on the inside. It's, not what, it's no longer what's happened. It's no longer the outward circumstance. She goes, You are angry. I am not angry. You are, I am not. Come here. I want to talk about this. You know? And she's like, oh, I'm just going to watch my show on Netflix and, until you're calm. She's laughing. She goes, wow, he told the truth. <laughs> Tribulation that the world gives us, it's not about our circumstances. Life is going to throw stuff at us all the time. 
But if we are truly planted and claim the promise of a palm tree, we're going to break whatever happens externally. But if we are to be attractive in a desire of all the nations, it's the tribulation, the internal pressure, how we deal with that, that those around us are looking at. So maybe, just maybe, the churches around Ballarat, Victoria, Australia, across maybe, just maybe, they're not as, not as full or overflowing as they could be because when stuff happens out there, rather than allowing their nature as sons and daughters of God just to break that and have peace on the inside because where he is, there's peace, there's an inner turmoil and they react in a way that actually ostracizes people and pushes them away. And so they're not the desire. And so yet... Barry and I were having a conversation on Friday. You make a comment in love that is actually balanced on social media, but you get attacked because people are so used to having someone react out of the internal pressure that when you present something that's actually balanced, they don't actually they don't want to hear it anymore. You've, you church people have told me enough. Yeah? You've told me, no, I don't want to hear it. No, thank you. Not for me. You know, see, when we get this right, we're attractive to everybody around us. We become the desire of the nations. You know, one of our prayers as a leadership often, and I pray, is that our government, our federal government, our state government would be men and women of God that would be led by God. They don't have to be Christians to be led by God, but they have to be open to hearing those that are around them. But if the church is always, or if people are always reacting through the internal tribulation and fighting back, yeah, we'll never have a government that, that is led by God, will we? We want, we want a government that looks to the church and says, man, there's wisdom there. I, want it, I, I, want it, I reckon if I speak to you, you'll give me an answer that's actually going to help the city of Ballarat. You know, I, I do love the fact, you know, and people can say whatever they like about Bethel Church, but I love the fact that their city politicians often speak to the church to get their heart, their feel on it. You know? I love that. That means they're doing something right. They've become attractive to those that are around them. But when we lose that attraction, when we allow that tribulation to build, you know, for many of us, maybe we just default to the old life, you know? Go back to the old way of dealing with it. It's much easier if I drink. Much easier if I speed, much easier if I eat. I love the pantry, you know. Actually, I was just thinking, Mel, if you put a, a, one of those door handles on the pantry with a code, I would lose weight. You know, some of us, some of us become anxious. Some of us become depressed. Some of us run to pornography. We run to places where we're trying to appease this internal pressure because we don't know how to deal with the tribulation in our lives and when we're in that space doing those things we're not attractive we're not desirable no wonder people uh you know say hey can i hitch a ride with you to church i am just remember this is not critique this is commentary for all of us we're stepping into 2021 and the greatest thing the the most beautiful thing and most attractive thing is being totally totally rooted and planted in him and allowing our roots to go out and loving one another and if we can do that this year we will actually be attractive we will be desirable you and i will have the opportunity to speak life into people's lives
You know, I love Jesus' example because I read it in John 16, verse 31 to 33. He says, you will all leave me alone, yet I'm not alone for my Father is with me. And, and I think there are times where many of us have felt alone in life, yeah? Like we really have. We've felt alone in work, at, in our relationships, just in general because of sickness and, you know, we just feel alone. And, but the problem when you're alone is you try to carry things on your own and you and I, and, as the body of Christ, as a family, as a community, we're not meant to carry things alone. We're actually meant to carry stuff together. You know, God says that I won't leave you as orphans. So you've got Jesus, and Jesus says, you're all going to leave me alone. But then he, he, he hits the secret, yet I'm not alone, for my Father is with me. Imagine when that internal pressure comes, regardless of what the external circumstance is that brings it, if we could remember in that moment, my Father is with me. I feel totally alone, I feel helpless, but my Father is with me. Imagine we could take the posture exactly like the sun, not wallow in self-pity, yeah? not get upset about the external circumstance, but realize, okay, there's something inside that's freaking me out, but I know my Father is with me. People were and are attracted to Jesus, the young and old, the good and bad, the believer, the non-believer, they're attracted to him because he's the desire of the nations. I want to be the desire of the nations. I want us to be the desire of the nations. I want us to look attractive. Not, some of you are attractive. I'll put it out there. Some of you are not. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry. I had to say that. Mel, sometimes things are funny. Just run with it. It's okay. But it's not about an external being attractive. Though some children are always cute and attractive. But it's about being attractive because of the life that we live, because we've learnt that if we're planted in him, we can actually love one another. When tribulation, internal pressure comes, though we may feel that we're alone, we know that he's never left us nor forsaken us. And so we can always rest on the promises of God. Just like the song that we sang, smack in the middle, I'm going to rest in these promises. Your faithfulness, I'm going to rest in that. Yeah, we, This year, we need to be a people that rest in that. Know how to... Know how to act because we know the one that is with us and giving us the power to work through everything that comes at us when we're planted in the house. So if today you take anything away, take this away. Be planted in the house. If you're a guest here at the church, you're welcome. Amen. Be planted in the house. If this house isn't for you, come and see me. Pastors are my friends. We're friends in Ballarat. We'll get you planted in a house so that you can allow your roots to go deep and allow your other roots to go out to love those that are around you. Be planted in the house. Because in his house, you'll flourish like a palm tree. And like a palm tree, you'll break the external circumstances that come. And as long as we can regulate knowing that Jesus is with us, the eternal pressure, man, the church doors will be bursting at the seams in Jesus' name. Amen? I want a 2021 like that. What do you reckon? Why don't we stand and pray and enjoy a wonderful day in Jesus' name? Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the truth and the reality that you are totally attractive. Lord, if you weren't, Lord, I wouldn't have come to you. But Lord, something about you attracted me to you.
Something about you attracted, Lord, other men and women and children and families to you that they wanted to follow you. It didn't matter how hard you were on the sin of the world, God. It didn't matter where people found themselves. They just wanted to be near you and with you. Lord, I pray you tell us that we will do even greater things than you've done. Lord, may we be a people, Lord God, that step into the reality of who we are as sons and daughters of God. Father, may we be steadfast in our identity. Lord, knowing, Father, that you will never leave us, that you are always with us, that in every and any circumstance you are there, that we can rest and trust in you. Lord, the promises of God are yes and amen. Father, may we be a people that have become a desire of the nations. May those that don't know you want to spend time with us. May they be attracted to us. May we be given the opportunity to be able to share the goodness of the gospel, that they too may discover Jesus and all that he's done for them or through the cross. So, Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for a brand new day. We thank you, Lord, even today. We don't need to wear masks while we sing in Jesus' name. God, we thank you and we celebrate the small victories. But Father, we thank you that we're still able to gather together. Father, even in a COVID-safe environment, Lord, you are still here. Your presence is still real. Your presence is still precious. We thank you, Father, that we are, Lord, the latter temple. We thank you, Lord, that you filled us with your spirit. We thank you that what you have placed within us, Lord, is the very desire of the nations that we will allow to overflow from us that, those may, that others may come to know you. So we thank you for this time together. We give you all the glory and all the honor. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So let's